Hypertalks. Hypertalks. We think the, the um, notion of disturbing people, using money to disturb people, is deeply disturbed. Hypertalks. Hypertalks. Hi, and welcome to Hypertalks. I'm today's host, Jim Andrew Schillings, and with me I have Miss Caroline Halvarsson. Hi. And today's industry leader, Victor Bullin. Hello. So we're going to touch a bit on uh, Victor's life, his profession, this past month at our school, in which Victor has been our industry leader. In what in, module? In what module? Branding, marketing, communication. It's all those three, all those three two. Like, well, it's, it's branding right. something. I don't no, really know. It is, you know, that's... that's. It's all three. Package into one. Well, Commercial. The, the science of common sense. Should but we I, start with a check-in? We can start with a check-in. So, uh, Caroline, Victor, mm-hmm. if you were a spirit animal, what would you be? I'm so affected by the movie Fight Club, mm-hmm. so I couldn't be any other animal than a seal. I think they they say find your happy pl- place and slide. I like so that. So even even if you're not a seal, or the characters are not seals in in Fight Club, uh, I would say the best sliding animal would be a seal. So I'm gonna be a seal. They look so happy. Yeah. They're just like me. Super fat and happy. I just think of happy feet. <laughs> not That's like not even yeah. freezing okay. in in the Arctic. Can I be like a movie geek bubble buster and just tell you that uh, that it's technically a penguin? Yeah, there's penguins. It's yeah, penguins. Maybe. I've seen that movie so many times. Yeah, I've seen that movie about the penguins. That, hey, was, that was the worst movie. About penguins? Yeah, the penguins just standing in the earth. Yeah. <laughs> Some, <laughs> like, planet Earth. I went to see it in a movie theater with my, well, not we're engaged, but not married. My, what do you call that? Fiance. Fiance, yeah. Maybe ten years ago, so we went on this date to see a movie. <laughs> we absolutely hated it, both of us. You're like great. Yeah, but we didn't really know each other that well, yeah. so we couldn't really say that we hated it. But okay, Jim, what animal would yeah. you be? What animal would I be? Um, hmm. Today I'm a turtle. You're a I turtle. think if I was a spirit animal, I'd be a turtle, like a decent shell, compact feet. Uh, is your head retracted in your shell or not <laughs> it's retractable if i so <laughs> feel to retract it uh, uh what's the current status the current status is kind of like in between the shell yeah. and outside of the shell not enough to be able to snap at someone but just enough to just like make tiny murmurs semi-hesitant <laughs> no semi-proactive i would say oh, yeah. good nice come back <laughs> thank you you have such motivations behind your behind your animals <laughs> yeah, what's your animal Did we... i was just gonna go with the peacock <laughs> with the feathers out yeah yeah obviously obviously Got your red shirt on yes um i don't know why i want to be a peacock really but i guess i just like that animal with the feathers being colorful well it's good to be a peacock if it's presentation day yeah or see my semi presentation yeah the good feeling to have yeah yeah the feeling i bring with me lots of really vibrant colors that's what's needed today yes <laughs> so that's a great spirit animal thank you so moving into well moving into information about you victor and your life and a bit about well where should we start we can start with you as a person your background school and work how uh, what have you done 
in life? What kind of uh, adventures have you had? Things that have shaped you? <laughs> How long all do we those, have? <laughs> well, let's boil it down to like three things that have shaped you. Okay. Um, I think one of the things that shaped me was uh, going to elementary school and kind of quickly, well, I, I already knew how to read and count. So I went into the first grade and then the teachers said, sure, uh, go do the maths book, finish it. And then I finished it and then I got another one and another one and another one. So wow. I got the second one and third one, uh, third grade, like every book you could have. And then when I was done with all of that in the first semester, they said, um, I, I asked what I should do. <laughs> I said, yeah, go sit in the corner and draw. As that was basically my my encounter with the school world. Uh, the worst thing you could do is be ambitious. That yeah. was the message. Yeah. So I basically spent time drawing and I uh, learned how to sh cheat my way through school. Really? Uh, yeah. Well, I didn't. I didn't ever study because if you would study, it would be a plugest. Mm. That wouldn't wouldn't be great. Um, so I found this level of never making an effort at all, and that worked. So I got the grades I want until uh, the um, gymnasium, um, high school, high school. High school. Yeah. yeah, but no. that's the equivalent. No, is it? Yeah, is high, that school? high school. Yeah, high school yeah. is okay. the equivalent. High school. So. Uh, then uh, the. Um, knowledge you had to process was maybe 10 times more mm -hmm. and you couldn't really pronounce things correctly and uh, make good conclusions out of what the teacher said which yeah. is my specialty uh, so my grades in the first um, semester were great mm -hmm. because i could sort of cheat and then i realized that i really would have to study here yeah. <laughs> this really sucks um, so my grades were absolutely horrible. I didn't even attend class at all, like second year and third year. So I had I finished with no grades. I had to go to Comvux and uh, do the extra extra tests to get get them up. And of of course, I'm really thankful. There's this thing called Högskoleprovet. Without that, I would never have been able to study anything. So I could just skip like 12 years of school and take one test. Yeah. Which is a stupid system, if you ask me. D yeah. Did you like that? Because I, I... Well, it was great for me. Uh, yeah. However, I would have probably benefited from... Uh, actually going to actually school. Actually going to school. <laughs> <laughs> and another thing, actually, that shaped me. Uh, my parents got divorced when I was 13. Mm. Before they got divorced, my dad was really present. And he was really adamant in me... Uh, performing in school mm -hmm. uh, so he saw that the teachers didn't really care if you they only care if you pass mm -hmm. they don't really care if you excel yeah. and he wanted me to excel so he had this system this is super strange I tell everyone about it because <laughs> I'm gonna use it yeah. he had this system of every test however it was only valid in chemistry physics and mathematics because okay. that was what he liked he's yeah. an engineer Obviously. Uh, so if I would score a the, the scale was one to five. Yeah. Uh, in any test, I would get a five. I would get 2,000 crowns from what? 2,000 in the seventh grade. So that was a, a lot, lot of, money. of money. And if I would score a four, uh, that would be no, no reward at all. And if I would score a three, uh, I would have to give him 1,000. 
And if I would score a two, I would have to give him 5,000. And a one would be 10,000. <laughs> but it would be like kind of like fake money. It would just be like... He not would just fake did... money. Absolutely not. <laughs> but would you get it? Like, yeah. would you? Wow. In my account as well. Um, so... so I got only five, <laughs> of course. So not stupid. I, I ditched all the other stuff. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so the contrast was like the second time the system failed me was when they got divorced. Yeah. Somehow he didn't really follow through on that thought. So it wouldn't pay me anymore. Mm. Yeah. I was just, yeah, fuck this. Yeah, <laughs> I'm not yeah. gonna spend another second. Yeah. Uh, so my uh, relationship with the academic world has been strange. And then I went to Sundsvall to mm -hmm. study the PR program. I was super scared to fail. I was sure I would fail. So we had this first test. They didn't specify how many pages you can turn in. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and they didn't no. specify on what uh, what exact hour the deadline was. It was mm. only a date. Mm. Uh, so I was super scared to fail. Um, I had these food packets from my mother <laughs> that mm. were frozen. That would last for six, six weeks <laughs> of Schöttfersvås uh, <laughs> and Renskav. Uh, uh, I don't know how to translate that. Uh, so I, I kind of went through the um, introductory drinking with friends that yeah. everyone does for two weeks and there were four weeks left so I barricaded myself in the apartment never saw anyone only studied like studied like 12 hours per day Whoa. reading and then I played chess and I read the paper and then I wrote throughout the night so I slept one one or two hours like every day spent For four, four weeks. weeks yeah and I turned in uh, I think it was 69 69 <laughs> yeah Whoa. what time um, during that day yeah 2359. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> of course. And then, yeah, the teachers were like, are you clinically insane? <laughs> what the fuck is wrong with you? <laughs> How then, many pages? So what, what happened then was exactly the same thing as in elementary school. Yeah. Uh, they thought, okay, this guy, he's, he's not our problem. <laughs> no. So like the second time, I, I wasn't that crazy. And the third time I started testing the system, just turning in the a short story instead mm -hmm. <laughs> of the Hemtanta. Mm -hmm. And they, they kind of interpreted it really positively. Yeah, I think this guy's really serious. I think we're not challenging him because he, he doesn't he knows. Take, Yeah, he knows. And I kind of addressed the, uh, the assignment, but it was so boring. So yeah. I like, kind of addressed some litter, some, I don't know, litter things I wanted to put into it. So it turned out I could do pretty much anything in pass anyway because they thought I was really serious that was before I started my nightclub and started working full-time in on-off okay so I worked full-time so how did that like go from like from PR studying to on-off and a nightclub and yeah a nightclub. Well, yeah that transition is very peculiar well very interesting. Uh, we were stuck in Sundsvall yeah <laughs> mm -hmm. uh, we like to go out and in Sundsvall, you don't go out in Friday, on Friday nights Okay. for some reason. So You go out on what night? Uh, only Saturdays. Only Saturdays. That's like the industry. Okay. Because they're an industry-based town. Okay. So, uh, so we started a nightclub for, for Fridays. We didn't realize um, that the guy that <laughs> owned the place, he just returned from hiding in Yugoslavia from a <laughs> sentence, uh, okay. a 10-year sentence, like a prison sentence. <laughs> He used to run the most popular nightclub in Sundsvall called G2. Everyone 
came to him and he yeah. was super popular. But he was a little bit greedy. So he, according to rumor, I yeah. didn't live in Sundsvall in the 90s, but according to rumor, he bought a lot of uh, light beer, you know, the mm-hmm. stuff you can buy in a in supermarket. Mm. And he mixed it with moonshine. Oh my <laughs> oh. god! And he Ooh. sold that to customers <laughs> for like I don't know what their running rate was forty-five crowns. <laughs> yeah, anyone go blind or anything like that? Uh, probably not. That's but, bad uh, PR. Yeah, that's pretty bad. Um, <laughs> or so. good PR, depending on how you look at it. Yeah. Well, we did one of those good PR, bad PR. We named the club uh, because we were the Stockholm people, yeah. and we got beat up. I got beat up. I got the scar still. Only because I was I'm from Stockholm. That's so strange. And I was dating a girl from Sundsvall. And you shouldn't come here and take our women. I don't know what. <laughs> like, caveman. Yeah. Uh, very in, territorial. Yeah, very territorial. So this was the junior hockey team for Team Roa. Mm. So, like, only guys, like, one head Big taller than me. Yeah. yeah. Started pushing, 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 pushing. And I was laughing, 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 <laughs> saying, no, I don't want to have a fight. I don't want to have a fight, which was even more provocative. So yeah. it just punched me. So we realized, how can we turn this around? So yeah. we named our nightclub uh, Nation Stockholm. <laughs> the copy Bold was... Move. The copy was... Um, it's, it's not like Dressman, but it was pretty similar. I can't really exactly remember it, but it was finally... <clears throat> so it's fun, the the most beautiful people, <laughs> the best music and the best drinks are finally here from yeah. Stockholm. That was our tagline. But how many visitors did you get? The place took 500 people. Yeah. And we, uh, the first night we have 500 people in the <coughs> in the area or in the nightclub and a queue of 1,000. Whoa. Um, mm. So we had, we were full, full every night. Is there uh, a lot of people from Stockholm that lives up there? No, uh, we kind of only addressed the students, okay. but that sort of was a good move because the other people wanted to join them. I don't know. We had these themes that seem pretty corny when you look at it now, but it was fun then. Yeah. It was something new. Something new? We had new? this thing that we took, we shook everyone's hand because we wanted to do like, we wanted to have a big attitude of being Stockholm and yeah. then uh, being super friendly instead. So uh, we were standing in line, three guys with suits on, and saying, <laughs> welcome to our club. So oh, nice no, to see really? You, you greeted <laughs> we took, them? We greeted everyone. And then we said, uh, please take a complimentary drink and uh, eat from the complimentary buffet. So we sort of didn't make any profit the first time. Yeah. But is that how you came into like PR and stuff? And like, well, well, this what, was after was that joining like a the part program. Of your, I think your journey, so. I think I learned a lot, lot yeah. from it uh, instinctively, mm-hmm. uh, or I don't know. We were kind of trying stuff. Yeah. yeah. And then when uh, and I did this with Patrick, and he's he's my business partner now in the company we're forming. Uh, so I'm really happy we did that because now I can start a company with a friend that I also know I can work with. Yeah. Which is sort of the best combination. People say you shouldn't work with friends. Uh, no, you shouldn't work with friends you haven't worked with. Yeah. Sort of. So what is this company? Uh, well, we don't know yet. Okay. Uh, we've, we've tried to factor in the paradox of uh, information. Um, when you're supposed to make a decision, the more information you have, the better decision can be. And we kind of figured that whatever we would decide 
uh, on day one would probably be stupid mm-hmm. because we don't know how the market will um, respond to our offer. We know exactly what we want to do. Mm-hmm. Um, what is that? Would you like to share? Absolutely. Uh, our idea is to um, start with PR, start thinking from a PR perspective, just as I had one of my topics mm-hmm. telling you guys. We think the, the um, notion of disturbing people, using money to disturb people, is deeply disturbed. So mm-hmm. we want to flip that around. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we want to be really good at consumer insight to know what people really need. Mm-hmm. We want to be good at strategy to connect that to the product. Mm-hmm. And then we want to create stuff people really want to take part of. Uh, however, this sounds kind of like PR. I think PR is kind of weak mm-hmm. as your only answer to everything. PR is definitely not the answer if you want to if you want to reach eight CEOs in the world. Mm-hmm. You shouldn't go the long way around through media. Perhaps it's easier to call them and yeah, <laughs> have yeah. a great message. Yeah, set up a meeting and, and talk to the person rather than try to advertise and yeah and reach them through through to what we say emotional signifiers or like pressure points. Exactly. I mean, sure, PR can work to reach those eight people, but you have to ask yourself is, if that is the best way to do that. Mm. I think um, what we want to do. So who from, do you want to reach? We want to reach the biggest brands. Mm. Um, so we want to reach their consumers and we want to add value to them. So uh, what we want to do is uh, Patrick will have to talk to their head of, heads of marketing and mm. say, I used to work in an um, agency buying media. Mm. Nothing works. The court cutters. Mm-hmm. That's the guy, by yeah. the way, Patrick. What you should do is you should lower your investment in bought media. Mm. and should invest that in amazing stuff. Mm-hmm. But... I don't think that would be the perfect answer to everything. I think you have to start doing your big concept, your big idea that pulls people in. Mm-hmm. But you can use bot media to bring attention to that concept. Mm-hmm. So I think a mix is the perfect thing. However, what you would be advertising would be in Grolsch's case, you mm-hmm. know, the beer. Mm-hmm. You could do advertising for a free music festival. Mm-hmm. In my world, that doesn't uh, interrupt you mm. it's more like popular culture advertising do you mm. like that concept I love that concept yeah. I think that's a great um, example of redistributing the advertising budget to something useful mm-hmm. but you cannot be naive and just think okay we're going to create this great con- concert mm. and just think that people will magically know about it of course not no so it's not that simple that you can say uh, bot media is dead. It's not. It's still working. Yeah. Um, but you don't have to be clinically brain dead when buying. Yeah. And you can't really count your way to success. Hmm. How did you get to the point where you wanted to start your own company? <clears throat> I kind of got to that point 10 years ago. Mm-hmm. And why? Well, the, 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 I, I don't know, the best answer to that would be inherited, some, some sort of structural inheritance mm-hmm. from my father and my grandfather. Mm-hmm. And actually from that side of the family, we have a history of being entrepreneurs. Mm-hmm. So to me, it's only been natural since I've seen my dad do it 
and mm -hmm. it's been successful and it gives me a lot of grief for not being my own okay um so that sort of has come natural or is something i've always thought i wanted to do and this is sort of uh, important um i'm super thankful for that mm -hmm. but this is what really one of these super obvious uh, structural advantage advantages you get if you're middle class or upper middle class which would have been my upbringing growing up in tabby uh, not like upper class upper class but some sort of middle class i don't think if you you're if both your parents are working in the in a hospital mm -hmm. as like under sköterskor mm. you probably don't get that this is probably one of the biggest structural injustices mm. like the biggest uh, reasons for uh, why people from a middle class background tend to um, at least maintain that level um, this is why like some of the few projects that are being done to address this problem is uh, so great to hear about so I'm really, really uh, aware of that advantage. However, I'm not gonna not do it. But mm -hmm. I'm aware of it anyway. But um, what, like, did you? Is it because of, because of some sort of trends and and like shifts? Oh. Is that why you like chose to start your own? Like you said, you you believe in like consumer insight and doing mm -hmm. like. Is that because you don't think that there's anything fitting or a perfect solution today? That was I like don't think the, the force or your driving force to start your own. It's many things. It's like the background thing. Mm -hmm. It's definitely um, a good time to start a company right mm -hmm. now because the big companies and every, every company really that has a professional marketing function, um, the proof is there. Like the numbers are evident more than before. Um, How I didn't think. Mean? Well, um, the return on investment for bot media is mm. dropping rapidly. Mm. So I've been talking about this, and friends of mine have been talking about this for five years. Mm. But it has still been working to buy a TV campaign. Mm. So it's a perfect moment to do that. Uh, it was sort of a perfect moment not really a perfect moment to have two small children to start your own. <laughs> I don't know. I just kind of got fed up with being being an employee, maybe. Okay, I loved working at Volontar. And I mm -hmm. stayed there maybe three years out of three years and eight months too long because it was so much fun. Mm. Uh, but what I should have done was to start my own company five years ago. But it was so much fun, so I stayed. Yeah. So it's not... The question is like why didn't I start earlier maybe and volunteer was the the job that you had before yeah sorry uh, that, that was the agency job I had and I had this relationship with them uh, talking with them like every month for three or five three or four years before joining so I really wanted to start working there for a long time and I really enjoyed working there um, but for structural reasons you cannot really be as free in every aspect mm. if you're not self-employed. So mm. I wanted to try that. 
even though I think I had one of the best jobs I could ever imagine before. So it was really hard to quit. But during those five years you mentioned, uh, which was your kind of, you should have or you could have, did you feel that you had some other payoff for staying at Voluntaire? Did you gain some yeah. knowledge which you would not, would not otherwise have had? Definitely. And um, first of all, I had so much fun. Um, secondly, uh, Voluntaire and DIST, where I worked earlier as well, um, was absolutely the best set of colleagues that are like brilliant geniuses that you can learn so much from. And I think I've developed a lot. Um, I haven't worked in a top tier advertising agency that closely to creativity before. Mm. So that was really um, amazing to learn from some of the best people in Sweden. Mm. That was amazing and it definitely developed me uh, in many ways. But I think the most tangible way would be to be just around that process all the time. So now when I'm not around them, of course, mm. I miss them yes. a lot. Uh, however, I also think or I sort of feel that it's my home domain, mm. sort of, which it wasn't really before. Mm. Um, and even though it's not that important, but um, I've been involved in a lot of projects winning awards, which is not supposed to be important, uh, but it's really important if you look at how uh, companies choose their agencies. They yes. look at what, what agencies are winning prizes. Mm. And what um, do you think about that? Well, uh, I would say from being have having experience of working in agency, agencies that win a lot of awards yeah. and don't win a lot of awards. Mm. Uh, personally, uh, I think I've been involved in a lot of projects that could have deserved to win awards, uh, awards sometimes. Mm. And at the same time, the, the good projects that's been conducted at Voluntar uh, naturally gets a lot more focus mm. because they have this great heritage of, of winning. Mm. Uh, so it could be really a feeling of injustice when you're working in a really lesser known agency and with lesser known brands. Mm. Because I think I mentioned that in my lecture sometime. Anyway, I at least firmly believe that uh, one really big factor of how big a campaign will be or how many lives you will touch mm. would be the brand itself. Mm. That would be the multiplier. You yeah. might you might have a great consumer insight, a great strategy and a great idea. But if you have that for Busse Serör mm. or like Fredell's Big Marknad, mm -hmm. um, nothing happens. Well, in theory, something could always happen, but yeah. it's ten, 10 times, a hundred times harder. So that would be a great problem with all of these creativity uh, competitions that they cannot really balance the uh, stellar power of the of the um, clients. So they only award um, work done for the biggest clients. What so? What do you think would be like the future of? like the branding and marketing you were talking about, like you were saying that brands need to like stand for something or be mm -hmm. something more than just like a brand. Yeah. So is that how you, you see it in the future or like to make long lasting brands? I, how I would people interact? You were talking about Gromsch as well. 
Uh, I'd say uh, we can all already see it. Mm -hmm. uh, there are really a handful of brands that are so strong that people are looking at them almost like a channel of popular culture. Mm. Take Nike or Apple or Red Bull or mm -hmm. some of these brands. I think what they have in common is that they are uh, super, super uh, invested in what they stand for. Mm -hmm. So you really know what they stand for. Like Patagonia, perhaps, is another one of those brands mm -hmm. that have really been stringent in what they want to be known mm -hmm. for and try to really do that well. Mm. Not like Microsoft, mm -hmm. that wants to be everything for yeah. everyone. And that would only like result in a really, I don't know, 10 different brands, in my opinion, sort of. Uh, and I think it's um, evident that these companies are being rewarded. Uh, look at Apple, the most profitable company in the world. Mm. That would be the result of them being good at charging their brand with some specific values. So they, they well, they kind of don't stand for values. They're, they're really clear what they stand for in terms of think different uh, yeah, yeah exactly so they, they've, they've sort of uh, managed to attach a lot of abstract feelings mm. to a really concrete technical thingy yeah. which is pretty skilled yeah uh, but you can really uh, really have to give them their um, that they're so clear in what they want to do what they want to stand for or maybe they were with Steve Jobs. I don't know if they're, they are anymore. Mm. I think his heritage will last for twenty years. Yeah, so, probably. I mean, it's gonna take at least twenty years to fuck that up. <laughs> yeah. And their treasure chests as well. But it's gonna be really interesting to follow them for maybe the next three years. Uh, I'm not sure they will be as innovative. Innovative in products unless they go into the car market maybe do some they really need to do something radical pretty soon to, main, to maintain the thought leadership to maintain the industry leadership in terms of innovation in the technical area i think tesla is so much more interesting right now mm. uh, or elon musk as a person with spacex and mm. hyperloop and uh, solar city yeah in my book, uh, according to me, he, he is or his companies are a lot more interesting than Apple because yeah. they have this other dimension. They mm. want to create a better world and they are really interesting from a technical standpoint. However, I would say that none of those companies are even average in terms of branding. Yeah. <laughs> they have a yeah. great product, a great possibility to really talk about how they are making the world better mm. and sort of mediocre logos websites everything mm. because they're, they're not daring they're really boring I think and risk minimizing mm. uh, I think they would they would really benefit from a visionary in terms of communication they have a great visionary in ter terms of engineering in Elon Musk. Mm. Mm. 
I've read the book about him. I don't know, but I suspect that he might be a little bit too involved yeah. in the marketing. Yeah. And not that skilled. Yeah. But no one dares to contradict him. So hi Elon, if you're listening, <laughs> don't hire me. I don't want to work for you. You <laughs> seem to be horrible, but you need to let someone else do the work. That's not your area, man. <laughs> so what do you think the challenges would be for you and your company? Because you're talking about like what the future might be mm -hmm. or how you think brands should brand themselves in a way more like be together with the consumers. But how would that like how would you bring that insight with you to your company? What uh, do you think the challenges would be for you and with the market? Mm -hmm. Um. To be honest, I'm quite happy right now because it's already happening. Yeah. Because we have these great examples. So if you would look at the early adopter curve, mm. I think we're past the innovator stage we're in the early adopters. or Well, we're not in early majority yet, but we're in the early adopters. So mm -hmm. the, great, the great heads of marketing and heads of communication or PR are already thinking like this. Um, my experience is that they are almost frustrated that there are so few agencies that can live up to that because a lot of agencies are still stuck in the old old way of thinking. Mm -hmm. And in a really short period of time without even communicating our name or that we are starting and, or anything, uh, we've been approached by last week, no, the week before, we had one new client per day. Mm. Wow. I've never experienced That's anything nice. like that. Busy. Uh, well, one new client, but we couldn't um, couldn't um, start working with all of them because we cannot handle that yeah. if we want to maintain our focus on the quality. But yeah. uh, so that, that, that was the part that when you're starting from scratch with nothing, of course, you're afraid like yeah. every other human being. Uh, you won't be able to pay rent or pay and like buy a new um, set of winter clothes for my daughter. Yeah. <laughs> but um, so far, so good. Knock on wood. Yeah. <laughs> um, I ex I fully expect maybe ten new agencies uh, to start to to um, be formed in the next year. Um, like your yours. Yeah, I think so. Anything else would be crazy. Otherwise, Would you like to see that? Would yeah, that be like good be competition great. for you? Yeah, no, uh, that like would only possibly. be a great thing for the industry. Mm. Uh, that would be uh, taking taking the industry somewhere mm. closer to where it needs to be. I mean, there's a lot of business for everyone. Um, from a personal standpoint, I want to have quite a few clients and work deeply with them and develop long-term relationships. I don't want to start a company of 200 people i think we will never be that big mm. i think we will try really hard not to grow too much that would be a great thing if there would be uh, 10 or 15 companies saying this same thing you look less insane yourself as well do you feel that right now that no, you, is, it insane. no. is it hard is it hard it's is it a hard concept to sell no no yeah, I want to touch upon that a little bit. Just uh, listening to your discussions and, and where you worked and how you're using with different companies. Ethics and morals, when you choose a client, when you mm. work with a project, how much does that weigh in to you personally? 
Um, definitely a lot. I mean, you need to be able to do something that is good for real for for the people that they want to communicate to. If that product would be cigarettes, it would be really hard to do something real, unless that would be a corporation with Nicorette. <laughs> Or something radical like that, but they, they would never do that. So, um, I think we had a great discussion in the class about this. Um, I think it's not not as easy to say like um, this industry is absolutely impossible to work with. Well, some of them are, of course, but um, it depends on what your assignment is, mm. what kind of influence you will get. Mm. And if you trust yourself to be able to make the right judgment in every decision, mm. the, the lazy way is to make one judgment and say, we'll work with them or not work with them. Yeah. Because even working for Greenpeace, mm. yeah. you could sometimes find yourself in a situation where the client wants you. I don't think Greenpeace wants that, but yeah. in theory, they could ask you to lie, perhaps. Yeah. That's not ethical. That's not. So <laughs> it's not that easy. You have to be ethical all the time. You have to remember that all the time, um, regardless of what client you're working with, mm. basically. But is, has has that something to do? Like, it does it tie into your personal ethics and morals? Like, it has to feel good for for you, even though sometimes it could be like very black and white. Like, I don't want to work with this company or. Mm. Because it's something that you need to, you need to stand for as well. That's how kind of I reason. Yeah, yeah. I mean, so I don't know if there's something wrong with me, but I have <laughs> not encountered that many uh, situations where uh, I feel uncomfortable as a professional from a moral standpoint. Mm. Because what you want is to have a cooperation where. Uh, the client listens to you and actually are buying your services, not ordering you to do their ideas. Mm. Mm. And uh, if you establish that, it's going to be your own ideas. Mm -hmm. <laughs> if your own ideas are not immoral, mm. you won't have that problem. Yeah. We had some discussions with a client, which I won't name, yeah. in a previous uh, uh, employer about a product line that we didn't think was uh, in line with their bigger promise that they wanted to talk about yeah. that they, what, what they were standing for us yeah. what they stand for as a company we said that well in that case you shouldn't have this product line which yeah. is contradictory to that yeah. um, it ended up with losing that client yeah. I would happily lose another client that wouldn't listen yeah. but first you try really hard we tried for a year with them Okay. And we thought that we were going to win them over, but they kept doing the short-term, high-income yeah. brand degenerating yeah. thingies. Yeah. I think everyone at Voluntary, if anyone would listen, <laughs> know what client this is, but we should definitely not mention their name. Uh, but that, that was a... I mean, that, that's more like how it, how it works pragmatically, I think. It's less about principles. <laughs> it's about being really stubborn, I think. Yeah. Not giving up what you th believe in. Cool. So um, we've learned a lot. 
We also have you as our industry leader, and uh, today we are doing some presentations for mm -hmm. you and the rest of the class. Uh, maybe we can round up and do a checkout. Definitely. What should we check out what with? What should we check out with? I'm wondering. Well, now we've had our spirit animals guide us through this conversation. <laughs> We're ready and prepped for the day. So uh, how are you feeling? for today's presentations. Carol, Victor. Victor, go first. <laughs> uh, anxious to listen to it. Not anxious. Um, excited. Eager. excited. Eager. eager, exactly. Anxious would be the wrong one. I'm, I'm anxious. Yeah. <laughs> We're anxious. You're prob eager. You probably shouldn't be. I uh, think you're going to be fine. But yeah, it's going to be really great to listen to you. Mm. And it's going to be uh, interesting to see if, if any of the feedback from the group or from me or any of that, like how you interpreted that and what you decided not to use or use and to see what, because I think every group had something that was really interesting that could be developed into something even more interesting. So I'm super psyched to, to see that. Mm. I'm, uh, I'm happy. I'm looking forward to this. Uh, my team has a really good concept i think obviously <laughs> so i'm happy about that i'm um, i'm not anxious i'm more uh, i'm excited too mm -hmm. and you jim me uh i'm excited i'm happy uh we have a good idea i think we listened a lot to to the aforementioned feedback and and worked on trying to make something interesting for you to look at today cool so looking forward thank you and also for our listeners, if uh, they want to reach you, what mm -hmm. would be the best way? Twitter or LinkedIn or? Um, any way you want. Oh, link LinkedIn or uh, email me. Email. <laughs> yeah. Victor. Yeah. Dot Bolin mm -hmm. at ne10 ne10 dot se. Awesome. Cool. Fantastic. Thank you for today. Thank you for having me. Hypertalks. 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 Hypertalks.